0: Welcome in to Poke the Bear episode 132. That is Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. It is uh, end of January, which means it's almost February, which means it's almost March, and then April, and nice yeah, weather, well, it's, it's and the playoffs. Works. That is how a calendar works. I just figured it out. Uh, but nonetheless, we are... Finishing up January. And to finish up January, the Bruins uh, in Tampa Bay on Thursday night. Tough loss, 3 2. Big game, exciting game, very exciting game. Good third period, except for the first minute when Charlie McAvoy went flying into the boards, thought, oh, that's another couple months with the shoulder. And then the Lightning scored like right after. And then McAvoy came back, ended up tying the game, then they ended up losing. Um, I've seen a a bunch of different takes on Twitter. Again, I don't think people are used to the Bruins losing. So I think, you know, some people it's level red. When they lose some people, it's, hey, it's not as big a deal as they're making it out to be. Uh, Where do you fall in that debate?
1: Yeah, I'm not really stressing over a loss to a very good Tampa Bay team, right? I mean, again, you look at how much has gone right for this team. These losses, they happen. They're inevitable, especially on the road against a Tampa team that I think has now won 11 straight on home ice. Um, again, it'd be one thing if the Bruins are, you know, get blown out of a game five, nothing, six, nothing, which at this point I still feel like you shouldn't hit the panic button anyway, because they are still what 38, six, and four, 38, whatever, whatever the Not actual is. Um, but for a game like that, you can even point to the fact that, you know, some really bad D zone lapses that can and should be corrected. You look at, you know, the the face-off that led to Kucherov's goal, which Krigi had a legitimate gripe with in terms of the ref not calling some of that stuff and leads to that, you know, bang, bang play right there. Um, I would consider the Bruins played a tough competitive game against a team that, again, has been to the Stanley Cup final three years in a row. Like you can talk about Tampa and the fact they've lost a whole bunch of depth and what have you, but they've still got a very good core. They know how to win. They know how to grind through games. And you've got Andre Vasilevsky where – I think that game showed you, again, why even though the Bruins might be a wagon, don't want to play a team like that, like that has a guy like Vasilevsky, who if he's locked in, can swing the momentum of a seven-game series and win them a series or two or three. Like, that's how good he can be when he's on his game. So, um, But, again, losses happen, should not be panicking over it. Good competitive game. The Bruins drop five, six in a row, and they're, the details of the game are really slipping, and they're they're losing games that they shouldn't. Then you raise some, you know, level of concern, dropping a back and forth game to Tampa in their own building. I wouldn't worry about it too much.
0: Yeah, I don't think this is the biggest deal in the world. Again, I think as as you said, it's one game. Uh, Tampa is very good. I know Tampa is still not the Tampa of the past couple of years. Um, and I know you know it's a hot debate of you know do you want Toronto? Do you want Tampa? Ultimately, hopefully, those two teams uh, play each other in the first round and you know knock each other out. But Tampa is still Tampa, and I think that's the thing. Like. The core is still there. Vasilevsky is still nasty in net. Um, are they going to go back to the cup final? Most likely not, but we've been saying that for the last two years now. So maybe, you know, who knows? Um, but at the same time, again, I just look at that team and think that's still a really good freaking team. John Cooper's still the head coach. Like, you know, they've lost depth pieces, sure, but they still find ways to, to make up for that. And I think, again, you see in a game, and you know, I think if the Bruins lightning are playing in a series, I think the Bruins are favored. Um, but I think the lightning put up a real fight in a, in a seven game series as they have been for the past couple of years. We'll get into the Toronto and Tampa stuff in a second. One thing though, that I've seen a lot of on Twitter, and I know we shouldn't be basing, uh, topics off of Twitter, but here we are. Uh, Brandon Carlo got a lot of hate last night. Um, missed assignment out front, um, killing the penalty when Tampa scored their first goal, uh, ran into Olmark, um, on that third goal, little Keystone cops, um, With the deadline coming, I think I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you know, they should consider trading Carlo, you know. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't really know if I want to be dealing off a um, very good shutdown right shot defenseman who's in your top four. Because if you lose him on that right side, if you're trading Carlo, you're most likely getting like a forward back. I don't know like who's doing a right shot for right shot defenseman swap. So let's say in theory, let's say you put Carlo in a package to Vancouver for Horvat. Let's just say, right? And you get back Horvat and maybe like a prospect. Your right side on D is barren uh, after McAvoy and Clifton. So again, I don't understand. You know, I get that Carlo sometimes does not hit the expectation that, you know, we expect for him, but at the same time, like he's had a fairly good season.
1: Yeah, no, and it's something where I think when Kahlo does have a bad game, it gets gets, uh, put under kind of a microscope, right? Because he's got a day-to-day role on his team that really isn't exactly glamorous, right? It's usually just PK work, snuffing out scoring plays, what have you. Also means he spends a lot of his shifts in the defensive zone. So you're already kind of up against it in terms of trying to snuff out those chances. Sometimes stuff goes sideways, right? Again, that was, I think, probably Brandon Kahlo would be the first to say that wasn't his best game, but... I also don't think you can, you know, it comes with the territory, right? That these guys, especially stay at home defensive defensemen have a rough day at the office and people are ready to ship them out of town. As you said, I think you look at the depth of this team on the right side, you need a guy like Brennan Kahlo. And again, as you said, and this isn't like, you know, weeks of like substandard play, I think after coming back from that early concussion, he's been playing pretty well. Like, you know, I think you even see, especially once you get to the playoffs, um, Guys like that that step up. And even if they aren't capturing headlines, they're not the th- one of the top three stars in the game, you see where that value is. I think you look at, you know, Derek Forbert's a guy that had a pretty, you know, up and down regular season last year, put himself in favorable position off of his play in the postseason. And I think Brendan Carlo is a guy that you even look at that Islander series in 2021, right? Brendan Carlo goes down and all of a sudden the defense just crumbles. Like for all that people point out the the warts in his game in terms of a, a missed you know d zone read or what have you, everything else that he does right over the twenty plus minutes that he logs night in and night out on the PK, the simple smart plays, um, just that stability that he brings to the decor, mis- losing him for any sense of time or if you're trading him, for example, um, leaves like a vacancy that just makes it that much harder for the Bruins in terms of having the ability to, you know, penciling the lineup without worrying about stuff. You look at how much David Krejci and these guys help. It's not just the fact that the production's there. It's, you know, Jim Montgomery doesn't have to toggle pieces around to see what fits. You know, you have a one, two, three down the middle with Bergeron, Krejci and Coyle. You know what a guy like Zaka brings that you don't have to really augment your lineup that much. Like just having that stability with these players is what brings a real value out there. So for Kahlo, it's, you know, you look at these, these rough outings he's had lately still shouldn't mask his overall, you know, importance to this team and where his role should expand as we get farther and further into the season and into the playoffs.
0: And as you touched on, like, you don't notice when Carlos making good plays, cause it's not like, you know, Charlie McAvoy dangling through defense yeah. or Lindholm dangling. It's, it, it's, it's simple plays. It's just, you know, breaking up a pass or covering someone out front, taking away a passing lane, things that don't just you know, jump off, jump off the screen. They don't catch your eye immediately. But when you go back and watch the film and and kind of watch him closely, you notice, oh, okay, he makes a huge impact in the D zone. Um, and really stabilizes thing on de- things on defense. Kind of hits at a bigger point. I think if, you know, I think when people mention, you know, uh, trading players off the current roster, it's kind of like Don Sweeney's playing a game at Jenga, where like, you know, you're hoping you can pull a piece out and the whole thing doesn't collapse. Feels like if you pulled Carlo out, there's a chance that, Jenga tower collapses. Uh, And I think it's a, it's a big, that's, that's not a really safe bet. You want to make Connor? It's not a really safe bet, but when we're talking about really safe bets, we're talking about our good friends over at bet
1: online. Right. You are Evan. Listen up guys. Our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info over at bet online. You can still find all the latest odds news and sports developments, the latest fighting news NFL bets, and yes, with the NHL back, even more wagers and odds. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code CLNS50. online, Where the game, stats. Stats.
0: Where the game, stats. So, uh, games starting, Toronto and Tampa in the first round. Feels like um, they're on a collision course for that first round uh, matchup. And I think that helps. I mean, I know you agree with me on this. This helps the Bruins a lot. (laughs) Those two teams battle it out in the first round. It's interesting because, you know, at some point, we've said this for a long time. I've been saying this, I think since like 2019. At some point, Toronto has to get past the first round. You'd have to think, right? Tampa is not an easy out by any means. Um, yeah, and they may, be not be, may not be as good as last year. Victor Hedman, uh, the Jay Fresh card. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Yeah. Victor Hedman's even strength defense in like the 7th percentile. Um, yeah. Offense is fine. Everything else is fine. But that even strength defense, woof, tough. Um, still, though, I think that is a must-watch first-round series if that comes to fruition. Uh, it helps the Bruins in the sense, as I said, that they can kind of beat each other up.
1: Yeah, no, it's key. I, I think you look at the the pace that the Bruins are on. Yes, it's record-setting pace, but uh, as much as it looks like the Bruins are running away with it, they still need to keep up this momentum because, again, Toronto is, what is it now, 11 points, 12 points behind them. But still, you want to make sure you're, you're well and clear of them because you want to set up that meeting with Toronto and Tampa and have those two teams kind of beat the crap out of each other in the first round, right? You, you look at just uh, where the Bruins are going to have – Take your pick, right? Pittsburgh, Washington, one of these other teams. Islanders won't be won't be easy, right? As it rarely ever, yeah, rarely (laughs) is. Can you imagine? Uh, You know, they'll have their hands full with whoever they play, as good as the Bruins are. But if you're charting out a course, it's almost like again, you don't want to plan too far ahead in something as variable as the the Stanley Cup playoffs. But it's like in 2019, right? You look at the path and you see paths clearing for your team you last thing you want to do is make things harder for yourself for an already tournament that's the hardest to win uh in the stanley cup playoffs so if you're able to get in the first round and play a team that uh you should you can and should beat and meanwhile toronto and Tampa bay go through a seven game slugfest best case scenario because whoever you're playing out of that series is going to be up against it right you mean you look at just um even the way Tampa plays, we look at their skill. We look at how good Vasilevsky is, and that enough is, you know, enough to give teams a handful of a seven-game series, but they just know how to win. They know how to grind out games. They've got guys like Maroon and Perry who can uh, land some welts against you. It's just a team that is built to win in the postseason, and if they don't win, they're going to grind you to, uh, you know, grind you to a halt throughout that series. It's not going to be easy. The If Toronto finally gets over the hump, it's going to come at a price, right? In terms of just what it's going to take to topple Tampa. So, if you're the Bruins, yes, they're focused on their own game. They're still, you know, in first place with a very comfortable lead. But in terms of making things easier, something you have to be cognizant about that if you're able to lock in a Toronto-Tampa series, uh, all of a sudden you can you can chart it a little bit of a path through a very, very, very competitive Eastern Conference
0: and you also don't have to play both of them. <laughs> that's the big also one. Great. Yeah. That's that's the, that's why if they if the Bruins somehow kind of I don't want to say collapse but they lag behind a little bit, finish in second or third, they play either Tampa or Toronto and then have to face Tampa or Toronto in the second round. That's not great. So I think it is a uh, it's a good thing that they're in first place. They should, they should continue to win. Uh so they they avoid uh, both of those teams, uh, one thing that will help them continue to win is getting Jake DeBrusque back, who uh, Jim Montgomery recently set his back um, skating and testing things out. Um, I think you're seeing in the past couple of games, they're kind of trying new pieces up on that top line. You know, Craig Smith, Taylor Hall. And that's all great. You know, Taylor Hall with Martian and Bergeron looks awesome on paper. But I think it's helpful when you can have Taylor Hall on that third line <laughs> I think mean, that plays a big role in having the depth. Um and 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 just kind of having Debrusque there uh back. I mean, do you think there's a chance when he comes back that he kind of continues to the pace that he was at prior to going down?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's something where you have to look at it's a chart out coming back from a, a broken bone in your leg, right? A little bit tough to just kind of <laughs> shake up that rest of the bag out there. Get I back Grab some dirt but, on
0: it, kid. Get on out there.
1: Yeah, I'm not dropping any uh, wild takes there with that, but I think you look at just the way Debrusque was playing uh leading up to this, and again we always talk about, I think when DeBrusque is on a heater, or he's playing very well. It's not like he's a vastly different player. His game or his play style is like he's, he plays like a guy that is conducive to getting steady production. That's why sometimes it's so puzzling when he goes through those peaks and valleys, because he drives to the net, goes into great day ice, knows how to tip pucks, you know, his cleans up rebounds. Like he's a guy that you see the way he plays in his, his style. And it, paints a picture of a guy that should be getting twenty five plus goals a season and I think you're seeing that. So if he just goes back to what his you know bread and butter is in terms of his, his style of play and he's most likely going to be back in the top six, I think the goals are going to be there. And I think you've seen it over the last couple of games. Granted, Bruins are what eight and two, nine and two since the rest have been out. So they're doing just fine. but I think you do see in these games where they have come up short, whether it's Seattle or Tampa where a guy like DeBrus, you know, can make that extra difference in terms of just being that added scoring punch in the top six. When you need a goal off of a rebound or a tip or something like that, that's going to be uh, a greasy goal where the team's packing it in, a guy like Vasilevsky's in net or what have you. Um, that's, I think, where Debrus shows his value uh, of getting those timely goals. You saw that up in the bubble when the Bruins beat Carolina where some of those games were tight and he kind of broke these games open. So... Bruins have plenty of depth, but getting Debrusk back in short order would be huge for this team. Though be curious to see what exactly they do because he's scheduled to be cleared by this upcoming week. So he maybe he's in play for uh Sunday in Carolina, maybe Wednesday in Toronto. But with the all-star break coming up as well with nine days off, maybe it's they we got a little bit of a cushion here. Let's not rush him back when we've got nine days on the horizon. So
0: yeah, yeah, I don't see why you would Go to rushing him back when you have that big All Star break and can kind of uh, let him rehab a little bit. Um, and moving on in in net, Jeremy Swayman again. I mean, you know, has been playing terrific of late. Uh, was good up in Montreal uh, earlier this week. Doesn't get the game against Tampa. You have big tests coming up. Throw him in there. I, I, I again, throw him in there. Um, and again, you know, Lena Solmark is still Lena Solmark. But as we've said multiple times throughout the season, like. Swayman is—you have to wait for Swayman to hit his groove. All right, he's hit his groove. Let him take the—I don't want to say the majority of reps, but most of the reps over the next, you know, few weeks. You know, give Olmark a little bit of a rest uh, and
1: let Swayman get in there
0: because um, it seems like he's really found his groove. I know, wasn't it like both of them were goalies of the week or something? Uh, well,
1: I, think, I think Swayman had like what, like a point four nine. I think Olmark was like 0. 0.51. It was some like video game. <laughs> Incredible, um,
0: but this is a real chance for Swayman.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and it's a luxury for the Bruins. Where again, you even look at the game against Tampa Bay. Uh, Olmark was right there with Pastewski in terms of how many great A stops he was turning aside. So it's not like Olmark's game is slipping. But you're in a spot now if you're the Bruins, where not only are you able to give Olmark some rest, and you know I think people project out that I think Olmark's in line for about 55 stops right now. So. He's at least below that 60-stop threshold that you don't want to, I think, cross anymore. I, I looked up before that I think the last goalie to win a cup with 60-plus stats in a season was Flurry in 09. So oh, these have been happening or, yeah, these these Are yeah, Even Tim Thomas happening. wasn't even in that in 2011? I don't believe so, no. So Yeah. So, um, But I, I think you look at um, the way those games are kind of set up. If you're able to give Swainman a bigger run, and not only is it a benefit – Omar, in terms of giving him some more rest and keeping him fresh as a guy whose previous career high in game started was 41 in the season last year, um, it gets – so I'm feeling confident as well, right? Like, it's a good problem. Like, you you look ahead to the postseason, yes. Omar, barring something going haywire, is going to be your number one goalie. Also, you should have a pretty confident uh, backup option there in Swamin. If he – Swamin ends the year with, like, a nine – Two two save percentage in a backup role—it's pretty damn good, right? For what he brings, um, not only you know you can look at the long term of having Swainman feeling confident and having that you know kind of two-headed monster in place for the next couple years in net, but uh, getting Swainman back on track has to be huge for this team and the long-term outlook of you know it's not like it's just the Olmark show. Like yes, Olmark right now is still playing great, in the running for the Vezina, of course, but. Uh, it's not like a situation where there's a humongous gap between the two of them. I just, I mean, it keeps on playing like this. So great problem to have for you, the Bruins, but yes, I agree. I think it doesn't have to be 60, you know, it doesn't have to be 75, 25 or what have you, but if oh, swimming can get a couple more starts here down the road, I think it should benefit all parties moving forward.
0: And it even kind of readies him for the playoffs too. I mean, again, I don't think Montgomery wants to, you know, flip flop with both of them in the playoffs, but you know, Omar isn't playing well having Swayman there as a backup that can go in and potentially be a starter, I think makes a big difference. And we've seen that with the Islanders in past seasons um, and other teams as well. So interesting stuff all around. Lots of good games coming up. Carolina, Florida. Uh, You, I imagine, will have everybody covered at
1: Boston.com. What can people look forward to from you over there? Yeah, we'll have you covered every step of the way with uh, Bruins News, Features, Columns, all that fun stuff over at Boston.com. Of course, we cover... Everything that's happening in the Boston sports scene. So I also have stuff on the Celtics, Patriots, Red Sox, all that good stuff. So you can find all my work over there, at boston.com. It's please read over there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93.
0: Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan, Evan Marinovsky, Poke the Bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week.